0: Salutations everyone and welcome to another edition of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I'm your host Swami Barakas and I'm joined by the esteemed Jojo underscore B. What's going on Jojo B? I'm
1: all good thanks. I, I like this esteemed. Really? I think you should just refer to me as esteemed wife from now on.
0: Everywhere we go? Yeah. Do you think that will get a little bit boring?
1: Esteemed wife? I want some roti.
0: Esteemed. You know esteemed, esteemed buddy? You know what esteemed buddy is? in It's no. It's a ship. Is it? Yeah, so you're a shipwife. <laughs>
1: <That's it.
0: laughs> Sorry.
1: A shipwife.
0: A shipwife. A shipwife.
1: Okay.
0: A shipwife.
1: Get screwed.
0: <laughs> Start as we mean to go on. Uh, what's going on otherwise? You cool?
1: Yeah, I'm all good. Long day at work. Right. Long week at work last week.
0: Yes, I heard. Uh, yeah. In fact, I heard about it every single day last week to the point where I was, you know, borderline suicidal because it was so much negative energy happening within our, our four walls.
1: Do you know what it is, though? Like, there was, uh, so I couldn't get to work because of the snow because all of the trains stopped. Right. And I have to get on an overground outside of London now to get to work. Look at this. Yeah, I know. First world problems, isn't it? I know. I travel out of London to gutting, work. It's crazy. Um, uh, so I was at home for three days and um, it was just like being in prison. <laughs> what are these hand gestures you keep doing? It's, it's,
0: again, you're way too close to the mic. So I'm trying to get you to push the mic a bit you further away.
1: I'm always like, either too close or not far enough away.
0: Yeah. Th- you thought after all That's the, the battering. Same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Too close and not far enough away. <laughs> See, it's been a long, it's long.
0: It's long. It's, long. <laughs> it's just long. It's long. This whole podcast process is extremely long. We've realised how much this process is actually cutting into our actual marriage and social life. But these are the, these I'm are the ex-
1: combining the two, though. Yeah,
0: because look at you sitting there with your wine and chocolates, <laughs> bit like, of red
1: wine, a bit of chocolate. It just
0: needs like a like a Thai masseuse standing behind you just to give you just the rub
1: my feet. Yeah, just that to give you the one over I think you should rub process. my feet while we do this.
0: Absolutely no effing way and stuff. Do you know what I mean, we want to finish this podcast without me having to be cryogenically crushed if that's even a two-way thing he's cryogenically crushed i'm i've totally i don't even know what you're on about that's a yeah it's it's this is this is the thought process of having to do that for you you
1: just talk nonsense at the thought of having to touch my feet
0: yeah no please don't, uh.
1: but you know why he bought me chocolate
0: why why did i t- tell them jojo B, why did i buy you chocolate
1: because i was in a really foul mood on friday <sighs> and i was really sad about something and and he bought me some chocolate so he's a good husband sometimes, you know there's what? a lot of people saying that he bullied me in the last episode. This is the thing and do you know what? I kind of held back from the um reciprocation, but it will come. it happens all the time anyway. I was reciprocating in the kitchen earlier on when I was uh telling him. That he didn't do things right in the kitchen.
0: This chick, this is the problem, right? So I've got a lot of people <laughs> commenting and telling me that I was extremely abusive to Mrs. Baracus on the last show. Like, Welcome you know, how could life. you how could you be such a male chauvinist? How could you say those things to her? And then she's every sitting day there, of just, my life. she's sitting there she's talking over me again. And she's sitting there taking it every time. And Honestly, if you knew this woman, you know what it is? Have you ever seen that episode of Friends where Ben Stiller is the guest host? It was a guest character in it. And, you know, he's going out with Rachel's character and he's totally nice to her. But every time he steps out and he's with Ross, he turns into this crazy schizophrenic psycho. Um... This is what Jojo B is in my life. She's very I mean, quiet. That's, that's an why exaggeration. She talks normally and absolutely nice and pleasantly in this. As soon as we switch the microphones off, she turns into Ben Stiller's character from Friends. And I'm just sitting there kind of like, why can people not see this? How, why am I the only person that can see this? Why can't other people see what she does? I mean,
1: who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the abusive husband or the lovely me?
0: Are you gonna are you gonna believe the consummate professional rapper Swami Barakas, of which most of my followers and supporters are the ones I've actually listened to, but have you has anyone actually come from your side to listen to this?
1: My family has been listening.
0: My family's do
1: you even interact And I've been getting told off.
0: Do you even interact <laughs> with your followers?
1: Um what followers?
0: Exactly. You have <laughs> no, no I've got, one.
1: I've got over 2,000 followers, thank you very much.
0: Yeah, we know those people, yeah. Most of those are guys that are like, hi dear. I like your pictures. Can you show me cleavage? I
1: mean, you're not wrong. You know, There's a lot of that. There most of that. Of that's that the reason we got off Twitter.
0: Twitter in the first place. Yeah,
1: that's why I left. Because I got. I mean, the 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 thing that sent me over the edge was when somebody sent me a uh, a picture of his pee Nice. And I didn't want to see his pee and so I thought, you know, what? enough's enough. I'm done with this.
0: Cox sending Cox is not the way forward, basically, on Twitter. Um, But, you know, I I remember that one time there was this one guy who sent me, sent you a bunch of messages saying, I really like your pictures, I really like your pictures. And at the back of my head, I was thinking, do you know what? I've taken most of these pictures. (laughs) You know, I, I wanted to ask him like, you know, so what you exactly watermark the pictures I should watermark them, taken
1: yeah. by Jojo underscore B's husband. How
0: dare you? <laughs> I did want to ask him though. Like, like, So what is it that you actually specifically liked about the pictures? Was it like the depth of field? Was it the wide angle lens that I use? Because I'm trying to, you know, develop my photography skills and maybe you can throw me some pointers. just my face. Right. The one part of your anatomy that you absolutely hate
1: wrong with my face
0: i know there's nothing wrong with your face but you're just like oh
1: well, i hate I mean, my there cheeks is, today were,
0: oh, my forehead I've looks got, too wide
1: i've got big chubby cheeks and i can't help that
0: yeah that's, but that's
1: just genetic all the girls in my family have got it
0: well okay so if you if you if you're trying to avoid marrying into a family that have got wide cheeks and you're going to have children that have that kind of face that looks like a cabbage patch doll then avoid marrying into a jojo b's family
1: like you did you mean
0: yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize these things when you showed me afterwards. You didn't see
1: my face before we got married.
0: You never we smiled. Like married at
1: first face, but first face. First face. <laughs> first sight.
0: Let's let's marry her first face. Um, married at first sight would have been. What would you have done if we'd ended up like together on a married at first sight?
1: I don't know. I don't know if we'd still be together after eight weeks, whatever it is that they have.
0: The thing is, you would have turned up on the wedding day. You were
1: like, on a slow burn. D- 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 burn. A slow burn.
0: So you would have turned up on the wedding day, like really doled up and like looking amazing. Yeah. And then, and then basically I would have seen what you're like the next day when you tie your hair back and put your glasses on and then was like, like now. oh, like right now. Yeah.
1: But it's okay. Cause we would have made some money and then we could have just halved that and then like gone our separate ways.
0: Yeah. But what about the emotional turmoil of being a divorcee? You never think about those things, do you?
1: I mean, after eight weeks, does it really matter if I didn't know you beforehand?
0: That's eight after weeks nearly of my life, four
1: years of now, plus the two years that we were together before that, plus the many years of friendship that we had before that, then I might, you know, I'd obviously be upset now. But otherwise, after eight weeks, I probably could have sacked you off quite easily.
0: Eight weeks is a quite a substantial amount of time for someone like me. I don't have that kind of time to, to mess around like well, that. You
1: know, time's getting on for you, love.
0: How dare you? <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get on with the show enough abuse. Um, so first of all, we're going to talk about uh, some of the, you know, the feedback that we got from, from last week's show, apart from the abusive husband uh, and loads of picket fences from women outside, as we probably speak, saying, Picket fences? Picket fences? Picket lines. Picket lines. Picket That's lines. the one, Pat. Always correcting me as always. Yeah. All right. So um, just, a f- just a few things. We got some amazing feedback. Uh, this is one thing. I must have said amazing in the last podcast about like 328 times.
1: You've got to learn from your mistakes, Pat.
0: Well, this marriage is a mistake and I'm still learning every day, stuck come. with me. Um, but basically, um, I want to say uh, a big shout out to a few of the people that um, did listen in. Guys like um, Adedapadan, who was one of the first people to message me saying that he thought there was a great natural rapport between the two of us. Um, David uh, Davidian on, on Facebook, who said was really easy to listen to. The dynamic between you two is really funny. And he says, your missus cracks me up. Like you brought okay. anything to the table in the last conversation.
1: I am the witty banter. To your whinging and abuse.
0: The thing is, I don't even know if I'm allowed to really abuse her now. Because now I've got this complex. But well, obviously I'm, not. What, the, otherwise, like, you know, people are going to see an unfair reflection. It's going to be now you abusing me through this entire conversation. And I'm going to have to just put, put up and I take it. I don't
1: abuse. It. I just tell the truth.
0: It's just spewing vitriolic crap is what that is.
1: No. I'm telling you the truth to make you a better person.
0: Okay, big up all the people from the Asian music industry, <laughs> guys at Junior Dread, Essence, Taz, Donny Brasco, um, Ashanti Omkar, also checked it out. Um, Nikita said it was amazing. Keep them coming. Uh, big up Mr. Sinks, uh, Shah, who pushed the links on all his platforms and big up my girl Rita for doing the same. Thank you. Um, big, big thanks to Mr. Tom Robinson, hugely humbling for us because uh, he pushed it on Twitter and instagram and, and just said how much he really really loved it and
1: what did he call you jojo b's husband do
0: you know what it is this is what i've been so you know what happens once you get a little bit of fame you know when people go into that diva complex that's exactly what jojo b's on right now she's already asking to be I'm esteemed not famous
1: and i don't want to be famous but i found it hilarious that you were referred to as my husband it's got to
0: head the ego i need to curb the ego now like every now and then i don't have an ego you've got one right now fam no, you can already see you've got like this kind as of as
1: i already said i was just telling it as it was that's what mr tom robinson wrote
0: well you know i want to speak to tom to say look bruv come on who's the real star of the show who's the one that's bringing who's the one that's bringing all the supporters and followers to listen to this It's me
1: yeah but why are they listening because of me yeah you don't even know an answer for that do you shut up <laughs>
0: He knows it's the truth It's not the truth it is. I'm having to This is the problem I'm, I'm i want off. to. I want to throw all this Like hate towards her But I'm not But not, I'm a slightly kind of You know Because I want to keep Make sure our listenership Is still a 50-50 audience You know Because there'll be a bunch of women That just automatically turn off Because I'll just have Said some horrible things to you And
1: Because you're a misogynist
0: I'm not a misogynist Can we please <laughs> refrain that I'm I'm. I would, I'm not even going to edit this out because now people can see the kind yeah. of woman you are.
1: Yeah, see, look, that's how you refer to me, woman.
0: That You are though, right? We get out of, Last time we, we,
1: we turn this off and then he's like, woman, get in the kitchen. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Exactly.
0: All right. Um, Whatever,
1: you can pretend to be abusive as much as you want, but you bought me a box of chocolates because you love me reading.
0: Really. The shit that I have to do to, to get this woman to wash my boxer shorts. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> um, I want to thanks to uh, Bina who actually gave us a recommendation for your book club. Oh, yeah. A book called The 20th Wife by Indu Sundaresan.
1: Which looks really good and yeah. I will definitely be checking out.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing she actually mentioned, which I completely, like, it annoys me that I completely forgot to mention this in the last podcast. What's that? was uh, We were talking about Black Panther mm-hmm. and one of the things that I spoke about on my social media straight after watching the film was it's amazing to see amazing it's awesome to see all these all this unity and support within the black community for Black Panther Um, but where are the Indian superheroes you know where are the people that our people and our communities can look up to
1: well there is there is gonna be one which I read about the other day is there yeah remember Hannah Simone
0: okay yeah the the, from New Girl
1: yeah the gorgeous one from New Girl um (sighs) Yeah, I know. Do you know what I think I think I would as well.
0: Yeah. I we love could invite her around.
1: The highlight of my Instagram life was when she liked my post. Um You
0: need to get a life.
1: I think the highlight of my Instagram life, not just my that and the fact that um Nigella got in touch with me once as well.
0: You're a woman of small pleasures, aren't you, Jorty? Carry on.
1: Anyway, an appreciation for beautiful ladies. Um she is anyway. She's going to be a superhero. Apparently, there's some a program called The Greatest American Hero. Okay. I think that's the title. Um, and it was some program that was on in the 80s in America. Um, and they're remaking it, and they have changed the storyline and the character to become, um, an Indian American. Okay. Is different to an American Indian. An Indian American is somebody from you Indian. Mean
0: a Native American. Is what you're trying to think of.
1: Yeah. Is it wrong to say Indian. American Indian?
0: I think so. In this day and age. You wouldn't say so, he's an Oriental person. That's I, don't extremely... think it's, I don't
1: think it's as offensive as that. But I don't know. I have no idea. So if I did offend, I'm very, very sorry. But anyway, an Indian American. So somebody of sorry, Indian I origin. At, at Jojo B. who, <laughs> So an Indian who um, is an American who's of Indian descent. You keep making me like stumble over my words. Um, anyway, so yeah, she's going to be one. I okay. think that's going to be out next year sometime i think but she um she's she mentioned it on instagram the other day
0: if it involves her wearing spandex then i am definitely going to tune in uh and potentially
1: i think it's like a girl who uh bumps into some aliens somehow or another and then is given some special powers and then that's her story from there but she just happens to be from an indian family now
0: fair play fair play there you go well there's also like you know shakti man uh, from back in the day, in the 90s. Uh, was like do you not remember Shakti one? Mokesh? Khanna? I
1: didn't do Bollywood.
0: Well, it's the problem. Yeah. You're, not, you're not close enough to your roots. That's the problem with you. Uh, but it was also like a Krish. You know Krish, surely?
1: Oh, yeah. So Krish, that's terrible.
0: A Dick two-thumbed Russian basically doing his thing. Oh, God, he freaks me. Um, uh, Mr. India, bruv. Come on. Topical. Oh, yeah. Mr. India. Shri seen... Devi, rest in peace. Yeah. Oh, um, yes. You know, I, the problem that I find with, with if you're having an Indian superhero is, uh, you know, Superman has his kryptonite. Kryptonite for an Indian superhero is hard work. That's what's going to tempt him <laughs> off at doing anything. You can imagine like, you know, Indians all of a sudden. really
1: hard workers. Oh my about? God. Have
0: you have you ever been to like Mumbai and I tried no, to get I've anyone to, to do anything? It's like, you know, there'll be like an orphanage on fire. And then all of a sudden the child will be running out. It's like, Indian superhero, man. There's our orphanages on fire. Do something. And he would just be like, "Ah, oh, I'll do it in a bit. Okay. You know, just, I just.
1: We'll be on holiday. It'll be a religious holiday, so you'll be off working.
0: Yeah. He just he's just like, No, you know, I'll come afterwards, you know. Get me a cutting cut, a cutting chai and I'll do it in a bit. Five minutes. Ten minutes, I'll do it. I'll do it two minutes. Five minutes.
1: There's a really negative view that you have.
0: Have you never been to, have you ever been to Mumbai? I try to no. get people to do anything in Mumbai was like it's just the hardest, the hardest thing.
1: My only experience of going to India, and I've been going since I was four, pretty much every other year. Um so that's a long, long time, if you know how old I am. Right. But um, all I ever do is go to Punjab and go to our house, visit our family, and then come back again. I've literally never seen anything in India. Please. Just just Punjab. So I haven't been to Mumbai, no.
0: Okay. Well, then you can't talk to me about Mumbai, can you?
1: Well, I wasn't going to. I wasn't trying to. You just said, to.
0: how dare you say that about things in Mumbai when you haven't even been there?
1: No, I said about India in general.
0: Okay. Well, I was talking specifically about Mumbai.
1: Well, it's Mumbai, you can say what you want because I've never been.
0: <sighs> anyway, if you were a superhero, what would you be? What would I be? What would you do? What would be your special special powers?
1: Um, I think it would either be, I would either be uh, be able to fly because that's obviously the standard one. Right. Um, And I think I might want to turn invisible as well. That's quite cool. Okay.
0: So you can like traipse into like men's locker rooms and stuff.
1: Or do what Storm used to do and like control the weather. That's really cool.
0: The problem, okay. The problem with with Jojo B being a Storm is that she'd always want it to be cold because she loves it. No I don't Yeah you do well, you her, about- Your favourite time of the year Is like that the end of the autumn When it's slightly It's really cold That's because it's that's when cold.
1: Christmas
0: is. This, is this is what I'm saying So wh- like would you
1: Autumn if- has all of the best festivals the Diwali the Halloween Yeah but it's cold It's got Christmas
0: But it's cold So she would purposely Make bad. everything cold Everything would just be freezing And so people would be like We need to kill this superhero and find, and everyone's going to gather around, and all the actually. You know might, way, I would do. I'd make a recall unite. for you.
1: I'd just have a snowstorm, little clouds, snow, snowstorm that just sits over your head only, and I'd be off in the tropics somewhere.
0: Right, you're you're the kind of person that would actually create world peace because everyone will come together to want to to want to finish you off. For that reason, I don't
1: understand. I mean, I grew up in a very cold place, but I don't I don't particularly have a you love for You come from a
0: very cold place. What? <laughs> having a heart of cold stone. Um, what would be your superhero name?
1: Um, I don't know. Jojo B. <laughs> <laughs> the so, amazing Jojo B.
0: So unimaginative.
1: The fantastic Jojo B.
0: I think it should be uh, Motima. Motima. Yeah, because you know how much you they hate just being called that.
1: Does for you guys or "Auntie"?
0: Yeah, it's like the kind of the the elder aunt sort of thing you know but it's a kind of good way because then you, you know, everyone like you know moti ma motima, you know that help means in
1: Punjabi it just means fat mom
0: that's very coincidental there's no there's no reflection no because your family your, like
1: torture me with this they laugh their heads off
0: Motima shakti de is what they'll <laughs> say to you
1: anyway what would you be if you were a, a superhero What would be your special powers
0: I think I'd want to have the ability to see what Jolie ke piche kya hai Literally. Someone used that
1: as a ch- a chat up line on me once in Did a they? club. Yeah, the song was playing, and he was like, "Oh, what does it mean?" So I explained. Right. And then he was like, "Oh, is this song about you? Then this is it about me and you?" And I just looked at him and was like, "No," and then walked away.
0: Okay, he's prob- that guy's probably like really sad and gone through the next twenty years of like deep, hard depression. I mean, I
1: don't think he's really going to remember me because I think he's pretty drunk. Oh, okay. okay so, yeah. yeah he's living a good life (laughs) here
0: well okay so yeah i think that that's what for anyone that wanted to know that it's what's behind your blouse and you know it could mean your heart it could be the layer of the front of that you know boobies yeah um but yeah maybe like someone like teplar man
1: teplar man
0: yeah teplar man's quite you know
1: so you're gonna just make teplar
0: yeah i just because you know how like outside of the gujarati community basically no one what
1: your mum makes Tepla. She's not a man. No, she's not a man, you but twat. she's she's obviously not gonna be
0: Tepla man.
1: No, but she's like tepla Lady.
0: <laughs> Doesn't really sound like much of a <laughs> or like a powerful, all-consuming superhero, is it? Tepla lady. And she would like throw Teplas at people that are not Gujarati. Say, so nobody throw it at someone that's Punjabi. They're like, oh my god, I can't compute. What is this weird porota-looking like thing? But it's not a porota, it's something else. Oh my god! And then all of a sudden. People like, you know, fall over the floor, keel over and die.
1: What are we talking about?
0: I'm talking about Teplamen.
1: Do you know what's going through my mind today before we were like going to record this? This is like that, you know, like when an artist has to record a second album. So you get loads of like lovely praise, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, what the hell do we do for the next show? And then this pressure just i just feel this pressure of like um the you know the difficult second album the
0: sophomore album jinx yeah basically yeah so obviously we're never gonna get as good as we did in the first episode because um really then we had not really nothing to lose and now we've got everything to lose because we've actually got people that anticipated what we're going to do
1: unless um. everyone's just being nice because they love us they didn't want to hurt our feelings
0: yeah that's the this is the feeling i get people weren't brutal enough to tell us how really really shit we are i mean look we're like 20 minutes in and we haven't got to any of the points that we can talk about on this show <laughs> well
1: what are we going to do what is our agenda let's, um, let's let everybody know that it's well first of all uh, let's address
0: let's address one thing that's again getting to the, the worst of us these neighbours downstairs are driving me insane um, it's it's like it's going to another level now with like this baby or this toddler I don't know what it, child child, child or should we give it a name should we just give it a name
1: Uh, yeah go ahead. then uh chintu chintu yeah chintu
0: okay chintu is like it's got a default screaming voice now so there's no actual words it's just a a, a scream a, a continuous scream yeah it's almost like you know like meek mill when he raps it's like a child version of <laughs> meek mill it's just screaming on the beat like rapping as he's screaming so we call him miku we call him miku if you want
1: miku okay miku, okay. miku not chintu
0: yeah miku um miku and mummy Huh?
1: Miku, Miku and Mummy. Miku
0: and Mummy. It's like a, it's like an Indian children's book, isn't it? Yeah. Miku and Mummy scream at each other, Volume One.
1: Um, I got a really interesting insight to them and their daytime, um, kind of, uh, goings on. Okay. When I was at home last week, stuck here because of the snow, um, they, I mean, the kid just screams whether it's happy or sad or angry, and I've kind of learned to know which one it is now from its screams and the type of scream, you
0: know an expert a child expert
1: and um the other day it was like a proper battle of the wills like this kid I'm starting to admire it because it does not back down so the mother's like proper going for it shouting and screaming and again in the high-pitched Gujarati that I mentioned last week and um this kid is just like no I'm gonna scream at you. I'm not. I haven't got any actual words to say to you. I'm just gonna scream at you at the same like level, wow. the volume level, as you're gonna shout at me, and it does not give in.
0: Big up. It's like some David and Goliath shit, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm kind of rooting for the kid now.
0: Damn. Because okay. the
1: mother really does do my head in.
0: The mum literally has no chill, and it, it's it's that the problem is there's no like there's no techniques or. Uh, levels of discipline either like you know i mean
1: we shouldn't judge too much because we're not exactly in that house so we don't really know what's going on i there. can only
0: go by what we hear and what we hear is literally like they're in the same room as us right now because it's that loud <laughs> and um and she just she like there's times during the day when i guess a child's trying to sleep but it screams at night it just screams it's a continuous long day of it you kind of think where where are the sleeping techniques that we had that, that, as children why are they not being done today I don't know how about you guys. That- when we used to try to sleep, like Gujaratis and stuff, we used to have the the mum or the bar which did it for me, was always like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Standard. Mm-hmm. And, when and then when she a little baby, sleep. You just
1: kind of jiggle them at the same time, in the same, in the same rhythm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do people not do that?
1: And then when you get a little bit long, uh, older, did you ever have this? Where <laughs> your mum would like... You'd lie down and your mum would like smack your head into the pillow and go, Sanja, Sanja. <laughs> well, like beating the brain cells out of your head. Do you ever have that? You looking have, at you me seen, really have you
0: seen that, that, that how we've turned up as adults is a reflection of how we were uh, slept as, as children? <laughs> me being the calmer, more, you know, like, the, you know, somber this mood. Is, this
1: is like standard Punjabi getting your kids to sleep method Methods.
0: That explains a lot. Shout out to all my Punjabi people out there listening. Right. Let's let's actually get to...
1: Let's get to a point.
0: Let's get to a point. Uh, what are we going to be talking about on this show, Jojo B, is... Are Asians even relevant Ooh, in British pop culture? This is a quite a big, big discussion and a big topic of agenda because it is something that uh, we have spoken about before on social media. Um, and it did stem from the Nike London advert from a few weeks ago. And I oh, think yeah. I think now the dust is kind of settled um, and it's, you know, it, but the bigger picture still hasn't really been addressed. It hasn't really been spoken about. Uh, it's again, like I was saying last week, things just get brushed under the carpet and we'll just move on to something else. But I kind of feel that it's a it's an avenue that we need to ch- need to address, you know, okay. Um, you know, we we spoke about the advert um, and the fact that there wasn't a lot of Asians being represented in the advert. Um, let's make the point clear: we both really enjoyed the advert. I'm, I loved
1: it. I thought it was a great. I think advert. it's a
0: great advert. Um, it is a, a a pretty diverse reflection of London, apart from the fact that there's no Asians in it. Yeah. Um, but the the issue that I kind of found um, was the fact that I didn't see enough uh, Asian youth, Asian kids, in there talking about. Sport. Talking about their sports. Someone said to me on social media, "Oh, there is an Asian in the in the in the boxing ring, and there is a little Asian girl right at the end." But there was like the
1: Asian in the boxing ring.
0: There was like a there's an Asian in, in the ring, and he says something I can't remember. But I'm, it's only it's only on there for like two seconds, like a split couple of seconds, compared to the lengthy amount of time that everyone else had within that advert.
1: Yeah, I saw the little girl at the end, but it took me three views to even notice that she was Asian.
0: <laughs> this is the thing, you know. You know, we forget that there's, you know. Asians make up 20% of London's population and I don't f- feel that there was enough of a representation for us uh, in that advert. I'm not talking about the artists and the musicians and stuff because we'll discuss that later. But, um, you know, it would have been a great um, a message put across to Asian kids that, you know, to feel included in some of these sports that...
1: Well, do you think there's enough Asians do in sport? Well, it's a thing. It's like...
0: We, it's, it it all depends on a sport by sport basis. We are basically going to be, you know, we have to talk football, really, because that's that's the main sport that was, uh, you know, represented in that advert for me. I know they they showed, you know, like kind of ice hockey and a, and a basketball and a, cute, a few of the other sports, um, but you know, football is is really the key sport that we feel that there isn't enough Asians being represented in football, or oh, there is no Asians in football, as far as I know.
1: No, is Michael Chopra retired?
0: Michael Chopra I think so. He's probably like he if he hasn't retired, he's probably playing in like you know, like the Uzbekistan Division <laughs> Five or you know he's Zambia Division Geordie Two. Well that explains a lot on his you know, his career going what? down the hill.
1: We've got some very successful Geordies, thank you very much. But anyway, do you not think it would have been an easy win just to I don't know it would have been really stereotypical and really obvious, but we would have been in there at least. Um just get some cricketers in. There must be plenty of young cricketers in London who are Asian.
0: But the thing is, is how how popular is cricket in pop culture? British pop culture.
1: Well, how popular is bloody ice hockey?
0: But it was like it's it's one of those. What kind little... of
1: nonsense sport is that?
0: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, there was like rowing, I guess, in there and these kinds of things. It might have been it might have been good to have a couple of cricketers potentially in there. But but we've got enough cricketers. We've got enough in Asians playing cricket. That's never been a problem.
1: Yeah, but then that that would have got an Asian face into that ad.
0: But why couldn't we've had an Asian child playing football? Why couldn't we've shown that? It's not like we have to attract Asians into playing cricket. Asians play cricket. It's part of our genetics, it's just part of our culture. It's taught from when we were playing with our, our families in parks and stuff like that. Asian Asians are so entwined with cricket. It's not a need for having to try to get more Asians into cricket I think there's enough of those we've seen Asians win the England team um currently playing uh you know uh Moeen Ali recently you know um and so there is enough of that I, I feel like we're having this conversation 25 years ago about why are we not seeing any Asians in football 25 years later we've had the internet we've had like a black president we're able to take uh f- camera pics on uh, a, a portable telephonic device since we've been having this conversation yeah, about why Asians why are there no Asians in football Why aren't there? personally it's one of those things where are we doing enough as a people as a community to try to instigate more of our youth into getting into football no I personally I don't say. I personally don't think that in that time 25 years on I still feel that Asian youth, don't feel that football is a viable career option
1: yeah I would agree with that I would say 100% and I think you're probably not getting as many down you know playing kind of um in football clubs and stuff like that you know like at the weekends like young kids and stuff they're they're too busy doing their douchons
0: (laughs) yeah exactly you
1: know and the kids aren't they aren't given the opportunity to do activities like that fun activities that get their bodies moving and get their and then actually ultimately will improve their academic performance because they're in better shape and they're happier kids
0: yeah yeah i just i don't know how much parents are you know actively encouraging their kids to to get into sport get into football it's different from like going to the gym all asians go to the gym you know everyone apart from us um but we you know we've seen we've seen little you know Remnants of footballers within the Premiership or try to slowly get remnants, into, just bits of them, bits of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen someone's left calf being being <laughs> represented in a football match, uh, and an occasional right ear. But it's more the fact that you know we've we've now integrated so heavily into society. Um, why are we not seeing enough of it? I, I you know, I was reading uh, just after the Nike London advert. Um, there was a, an article, and there was also actually talking about it on the TV, where there was one of the guys that was working within. Uh, it was an ambassador, I think, for one of the clubs, and he said there's a there seems to be an inherent cutoff point for Asian youth until so they get to a certain point. And they don't actually advance past that into their main, into getting into the bigger clubs and getting into, um, you know, the, not even the first team, even like the B teams. Is that um, because
1: the clubs the clubs aren't picking them, or is that because actually academia kicks in at that point and their parents are like, no, you have got to do your A levels and get to uni?
0: Potentially, but also, you know what? This I was in a, uh, a little debate with the BBC Asian Network a few weeks back talking about this very same subject, and the point that I made was, right now, it's hard enough for English players to get into the first teams at their clubs, especially yeah. the big six or seven premiership teams. How many English players, are, you know, are play first team football for these clubs? It's 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 gone down so heavily from the start of when the premiership first was set out. Now, basically, because of all the, you know, foreign players that they've bought in and, and the millions they've spent on these kind of players, and now because of the premium on English players being so high, premiership clubs are detracted away from trying to bring in English players into their clubs Do and tried... Think-
1: there should be a quota system then to encourage the academy system again. So, you know, like in some in some countries, they have yeah. a certain number of players have to be a percentage of your team has to be homegrown. At homegrown. Is it Italy that does that?
0: Uh, I think they they did, but the thing is, Italy have never had that problem because all the Italian teams are predominantly made up of Italian players. Yeah, you know they've and they've and they churn them out like left, right, center. It's the reason why you know obviously they didn't qualify for this World Cup. There's some some issues in turmoil, but they've always had um, you know. Uh, a, a generation after generation of an amazing set of players. yeah, um, And we haven't because of that very same reason, you know, so if there's, if there's, it's hard enough for English players to get into these clubs, it lessens the pool even more for people from our, you know, like, you know, communities to yeah. get into that because, you know, you've got like a set of a hundred kids of which maybe there's what, like three Asians and stuff. And out of there, only... One percent of those eventually start to make it through into the bigger clubs.
1: Isn't there like a um a separate league in East London? Like yeah, that league that's something? the
0: thing. There's Asian leagues, um, and there's you know they they're in yeah in East London, and I'm sure there's all over London for that for that account. But again, it's that whole segregation thing, isn't it? It's difficult because it's like if you know if you're going to shut the door on us playing you know like league football, main league football, then we'll just set up our own leagues and do it that way. But because of that. It still enable. It still stops that. It's that hindrance from them trying to progress it into into the. To the it's main a leagues. shame
1: that it's all about your separate communities. And I understand it's because that's the areas you're from, and predominantly there'll be one community living in a certain area. Like there's lots of Punjabis in South or or there's lots of Bangladeshi's in East London. Yeah. But it would be nice if we did it as like a as an Asian league then, so that actually there's a much more mixed environment going on.
0: Yeah, but again, but where, how? When will we ever see these players? Get into it. When will we see these players on our televisions playing? Even if it's in the championship, if it was the Premiership. We won't because they'll always stay within those circles and and mix within those circles and mix in those leagues. True. And then they don't make that transition. You know, it's yeah, The other th- the conversation that I was having was genetics. You know, the, uh, yeah, maybe we just,
1: it's not in us. It potentially I'm might not athletic.
0: be. Definitely not. <laughs> you know, it takes like you like using a villain on a roti would take about half an hour in itself. So. You just doing any kind of sport?
1: You're my now.
0: If you see, her rotis are, are are the shape of a different country every day. And Get I like lost. to play the, the country game. Generally, they're
1: round. Generally, they're round. You have the odd one that's like shaped like India <laughs> or Britain. But what can you do?
0: Yeah, or the Hebrides, as most of yours. Do. <laughs> anyway,
1: I'm never um, going to feed you again. Make your own.
0: Uh, so there's like you know there's a. <sighs> The genetic thing for me is a little bit of a, I don't know, I'd like to think that's not the case. You know, right now we've got Mo Salah, who's playing um, unbelievable football for my club, Liverpool. He's uh, Egyptian who, though, you can't claim him. But that's the thing. Okay, so look, <laughs> Egypt is not a country that's renowned globally for producing world-class footballers.
1: Yeah, but there's one out of what's the population of Egypt?
0: But that's all it takes if it has that one player to come and inspire and influence the rest of a country, and especially the fact that he's come from
1: like 1.2 billion
0: people. Where are the footballers? Exactly. This is this is the point that I'm making. It can inspire a whole bunch of people from other countries of a similar, um, you know, sort of similar background. Whether it's Pakistan, whether it's Bangladesh, you know. People people especially now, look at look how big Mo Salah is at the moment. There's got the amazing mosque chant that's happening right now oh, yeah. in in uh, in Liverpool. Um and which is which I think is amazing. And it's and it's and it's enabled people from all communities to really um relate to Mo Salah, f- treat him like it's one of their own. You know, he goes to the mosque and you see him surrounded by all these fans and followers and supporters.
1: It's a lovely thing.
0: He's he's automatically opened a few doors to people outside of what we think are, you know, the, the traditional footballing countries and um, I think that's I think that's incredibly inspiring and I know he's not Indian and he's not a- Asian as such but if we can all we need is that one breakthrough and I think yeah. that's what moved things he's forward He's a good
1: example of coming from a country that's not really known for doing not for not known for doing football at least he's probably quite good at some other sports but um, like in the same way that India is really good at cricket so we're known for that and Kabaddi. Yeah And get him. You get Kabaddi I say Kabaddi Okay we say Kabaddi
0: <laughs> oh, Do you know what I'll let you off Because Punjab are actually quite good at that one sport It's the one thing you guys are actually good at
1: And do you know what There's loads of random countries that are good at it now Like Italy and stuff Because there's loads of Punjabis playing in their teams That's
0: what happens man You let that secret out to the rest of the world And they start beating you at your own game No the oh. teams
1: are full of Punjabis that live in that live in Italy now
0: But they represent Italy They don't represent India Yeah So then you yeah. case is closed on it anyway right get back to the agenda right so we're gonna take a little short break and then we when we're back after this break we'll be talking about music welcome back to the native immigrants podcast i am swami barakas and i'm joined by the esteemed Jojo underscore B
1: said through gritted teeth.
0: Absolutely, and um, this part of the show we're going to be discussing music uh, because obviously from that advert there wasn't a lot of representation for musical artists because really there's no one that's really good enough if I'm if you're asking me honestly. But to get onto that point, we're going to be talking to Jojo B about her time working at uh, some major record labels and the media industry as a whole. Take it away, Jojo. Um,
1: so last year and the year before, I was working at a one of the major record labels um, for yeah for about two years, and uh, it gave me a real insight into how little representation Asians actually have within the music scene. Now I already knew from being a fan of music that you know there's not many um, artists around and stuff, but actually behind the scenes at the labels. There's virtually no one. Um, give, based on my experience of that one record label, the other labels, maybe there is. I'm not that knowledgeable about them. But the one that I worked at on my floor, um, I was based on the floor of one of the biggest record labels in the whole um, country. Um, in fact, in the world. And um, I was the only Asian person on that floor. Mm. And I didn't actually directly work for the label. And... <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and within the building, I guess you'd you'd maybe have one or two per floor, but mostly there was a lot of uh, there a lot of Asians in the uh, finance department, obviously because we get around everywhere in the uh, finance departments of most companies. Um, but there's definitely not any representation for for us within the labels. So there's no there's no one pushing uh, not an Asian agenda, but there's no one who's going to represent an Asian artist. Um, we're not. I got the feeling that we're not really that relevant to um, to wider culture. And so that's and we're not really kind of um, we're not giving much back to the music scene at the moment. So that's why people just feel it's OK to ignore us. And I think unless that changes, unless there is more representation within labels working in you know A&R especially, we won't really see much change we won't see any artists coming through we won't see the discovery of artists or encourage uh, the scene to to grow without artists being nurtured by a&r that oration that's mm. that's what i believe
0: yeah it's difficult because you want to you know there is you know you want to progress your communities and progress talent and you know you know yes nurture talent and you know see them develop if there's you know enough of a talent pool to To then take out and, and start to, you know, push some of these artists, you know, to fill the diversity quota just for the sake of being Asian to get them onto these record labels is is one thing. Yeah, but,
1: I mean, it's not about making up the numbers, but you can't tell me that there's no talent out there.
0: No, this is the thing. Well, this is what the point we're going to get to. If we look at the, not even look at the British Asian music industry or anything like that, you know, if we look at Asians in the UK – uh that have been successful making music uh their own brand of music any form of music um you've got to look at i guess cases like uh m.i.a um you know is one that comes off the top of my head um but hmm. oh okay
1: i love m.i.a i'm a massive fan but i've never or not for a long time have i considered her a representative of the British Asian scene, like not she's not, not
0: anywhere near no, the British but, Asian scene, or all that industry, or the
1: British music scene in general. I feel like she's far more American in her sound now, mm-hmm. or and you know, and she represents her Sri Lankan background hard, mm. but actually, her I don't feel like she's as connected to Britain or London. Yeah, in particular, I don't
0: know. I'm kind of in two minds about that. Because I feel she's... We saw her recently at a gig at um, the Royal Festival Hall. And she did Rep London quite big, basically, at that gig. Not necessarily potentially with her music. Because um, she is very much US-based um, when she's allowed back in our country. <laughs> um, but And she's obviously, like, you know, very, very... Um, a big proponent of our of Sri Lankan heritage. Um, but to say that she's not very British um is you know not a, a, since
1: her first couple of albums
0: potentially not but also is m.i.a still relevant in today's british pop culture
1: potentially not no you know we're I think fans for, of her but we're fans of her from back then
0: yeah and also when we went to that gig that time a lot of the audience were people in their 30s and there was a few yeah. like kind of like the older couples like almost in their fifties kind of you know they're <laughs> repping the music and I was kinda of like
1: yeah.
0: you know it's like if they, if they knew half the stuff he's actually saying in most of these uh, most of these tunes they'd probably have uh, you know cardiac arrest. <laughs> um but it was like, you know, it was it was a little bit of an eye opener. Maybe for today's culture, maybe she's not as um, you know, someone who's as relevant, you know, as, you know, some of the newer, younger artists, which is what most of the youth follow now.
1: What about Jay Sean?
0: See that Jay, Jay's a, Jay's a real interesting one because personally, I've never really felt like he's ever got the full support or the full backing of the UK urban scene. He'll always get support from Asians. Asians will always support him because Asians have been related to him since back in the Rishi Rich Project days. Um, And I think there's always that kind of, you know, that, that, that super proud feeling of knowing that one of yours is out there kind of doing it, mixing it amongst the big cats. and we tend to support that. We always tend to like, you know, to champion that. Yeah, I first
1: saw him like 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. And I was a fan of his back then.
0: No, absolutely. And because it was refreshing, it was new. It was like an Asian doing R&B. It wasn't doing Bhangra. And obviously he was mixing it with juggy and things like that, but it wasn't, you know, he was still singing. He was rapping a little bit. Um, But I just, again, I've never felt that within, within the UK urban scene, he's ever really got, that level of respect the same way, I guess guys run from the same era as him, like um, Tyra Cruz or Angel or Luik Essien or, you know, Tale Riley, um, you know, yes, he collaborated with, you know, Skepta and a few tunes and JME and, and, and that, but you know he got also got like, you know, vilified on Twitter by Wiley saying that he wasn't doing enough for, you know, like bringing people through. Um, and there was a big thing that obviously the hoo-ha that came from that. Um, and the problem is with Jay is like, you know, representing Asian-ness is almost a gift and a curse because you're you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't.
1: Do you think it makes him less cool that he represents his Asian side?
0: To, to people outside of our circles, I think yes. Because again, like we're saying, if you represent being Asian, you're immediately exoticized you know yeah, that's true. and you know people look at you as more it becomes more of a novelty you yeah, know
1: why aren't you doing music with a tinky tanky sound in the background and stuff
0: yeah and i and i feel that it's like you know he's you know he's used his asian roots um to to progress his career uh, his biggest track obviously is down and that's that's got little wayne it was a massive hit in the states but when as soon as he moved over to America, it feels like the scene here gave him less and less respect, even though he was, you know, he got to number one in the Billboard charts, which not many British male, I think there was like a, hadn't been anyone for a huge amount of time before he got to number one, a British male artist that got to number one in the Billboard singles chart. And I just don't feel he got that level of respect back here for doing that. No, I
1: don't think no. he did either. And, Do you um, think he left too soon? and Is that why? Well, I think He didn't build for up him. his like fan base here long enough
0: no i think he had a pretty i think he had a pretty substantial fan base here from amongst the asian circles and remember that you know the, the first couple of albums he did both charted you know the top 20 in the uk albums charts and he had a few little singles that were in the top 10 etc um but to take him to that next level which is what he was able to do in the states um he needed to go out there and and you know focus on the sound and change his sound and work with all those cash money artists and you know obviously since then his you know, he's never been able to reach the heights of like we 2009. We had label problems, didn't he? He had we a had lot of cash label, money
1: label problems. Cash
0: money label problems. Cash money Maybe done. that's
1: because they didn't have an Asian A&R there. Jeez. Oh, you... <laughs> I just feel like he, when he went over there, I don't know, and I know this is a really terrible thing to say, but maybe people didn't realise that he was Asian. He had such a very, like, he's such an ambiguous name. Yeah. Um, which he did on purpose, I think, because he knew that it was going to be really hard to... Um, <laughs> to get anywhere with a name like Kamaljeet but um maybe people just realized he wasn't latino <laughs> and that's why it it just didn't work for him once it got out that actually he's indian and he's saying happy diwali on twitter
0: yeah i don't yeah I, he doesn't look at all latino to me but then i went to america and people thought i was latino so you know maybe there is some there is there is a, there is a case in that um, but even now, like you know, Jay's. I think he's doing some tours and things like that. Um, is he again relevant in today's you know British pop culture? Again, I would. I'd say no. You know, uh, obviously Asians will support but him. But
1: who thought that Craig David was relevant?
0: But Craig David's made a resurgence. He's come back. He's come back into the See, UK and he's come back and he's re, re, rejuvenated his sound, gone back to his roots, the garage roots. His album did phenomenally. He's working with like Bastille now. So he's immediately working with the right people that are very connected to British pop culture. And that's why he's made a massive comeback. he
1: long, long time though in the wilderness in Miami before that happened. Yeah,
0: but he was still, he's he's he has now done that, which means he's now gone back into the scene. If, if Jay did the same thing, then... then then Jay can mix in those circles again.
1: Maybe he needs to take a page out of his book then.
0: Or maybe he realizes, you know, his market's not the UK, you know? His market is the bigger market because he's touring in Dubai and he's touring in like, you know, Central America and he's probably still going out to Asia to do music. So it's not um, a bad life really, is it? Nah, man. Living large fam.
1: All right. So 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 not MIA, not Jay Sean. The only other one
0: I can think of That's close to mixing in those circles. And obviously it's different. Like, you know, you look at that advert, you've got people like Skepta and Giggs and Jay Huss and, you know, AJ Tracy and Dave and stuff like that. We don't have any artists like that. We don't have any Asian Asian Graham artists or rappers or, you know, on those levels. And that even gets sponsored by Nike, which is what the whole advert was about in the first place. Yeah. You know, but... To be honest, and it's weird me saying this, but Zayn is the only guy, (laughs) and I know, like you know, you're fair enough. All right, is it weird? No, it's not. You know, it's one of those things where you know, like he's half Pakistani, um, you know, but he does rep his Pakistani roots.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: Albeit terribly. If you've heard some of his singing on some of his Instagram videos when he's singing, it would. I mean,
1: bless him. He tries.
0: You know, he's he's you know, like I've got. That's the thing. I can't really diss him on too much because he does give it a go. You know, probably not the right. You know, it's a
1: different discipline, isn't it? Singing in English and in a kind of pop way is completely different to singing Hindi songs or Urdu songs, which have which require classical training.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No. So he
1: tries, but he doesn't quite get it right. But you know, I couldn't do any better than that. So.
0: But you know what? He could have just just as easily not have done that. Realized, you know, One Direction was a big thing, and now he's working over on his R and B side and the EDM side, and he. Didn't necessarily have to touch down on his Asian roots and and do these little Urdu rags and you know singing these and he's a bo, sings Bollywood songs and things like that. Well, he's a um, boy
1: from Bradford, really, isn't he? That's why
0: deep down, that's 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 the case, you know. So you know he's. You know he's one of those guys and you know he did that whole free palestine tweet that they had they nixed in you know straight away yeah, from the um, record label he shouldn't and stuff have done that, should he? no of course but it's like you know fair play to him you know fair yeah. play to him he and stands i
1: by his beliefs
0: a hundred percent you know um but he's the only only other artist that really i can think of like you you know we've got producers he's pretty big
1: though he's from one direction come on
0: yeah no exactly oh, like
1: you can't get much bigger than that
0: no no that's huge that's very very true um You've got like producers like you know Steel Bangles and uh, Rude Kid and Naughty Boy, but producers don't count. No, they're kind of obviously they're the guys behind the scenes. Steel Bangles is trying to make it as as kind of like an artist and stuff, featuring all these guys. But like Naughty
1: Boy does, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: But, But they're all kind of again behind the scenes. They're not you know when we talk about the guys that are predominantly right at the front, it's the it's the singers, it's the rappers. You know there's a crop of obviously like newer guys coming through like you know you're talking about leo kalyan um you know i don't know where jay paul is i haven't heard anything from jay paul for a long time
1: yeah i forgot about him you
0: know um and of course the caravan crooks you know i think when you talk about you know what where they could be (laughs) if only um,
1: they'd make a comeback
0: you know i think the problem is it's like you know now because they've got the masks on and stuff you know it's it leaves it a little bit ambiguous because taking the masks off
1: are they even asian
0: this is the thing. It's so out in, the, they, they could be anything. We don't really know. But I do know that once, it, once one of their masks is taken off, it's like the looks to, you know, to cause a nuclear explosion of awesomeness to vaporize an entire city block. It, that's, what, that's the reason they keep their masks on, you know? And I think once they, they do come they can't come handle out, their beauty. Yeah. Wow. They could release a track and immediately.
1: Does anyone even remember who the <laughs> caravan crooks are?
0: Do you know why people don't remember? Because life's like a, a neuralizer uh, for men in black. It's like once you've heard something from the crooks, it just wipes your memory out completely because it's so insanely awesome.
1: Okay. <laughs> Bring the crooks back and take your masks off. I want to see how beautiful you are.
0: Not, you need to wear like sunglasses because it's just too much. Too much for any, any you know, peon like you to take. Um Peon? But
1: like, you know... No one's peeing on me, thanks.
0: There's... um, Nehal put a tweet out. And, um, you know, he put he said that basically, you know, name one Asian MC who could have been in that advert. Okay. And it's almost kind of like, you know, that there's no one that's really good enough commercially um, that could really be in that advert. Now, I don't... I'm not saying I, I don't disagree with him because it really isn't... You look at all the rappers and stuff out there right now, Asian rappers, old ones and newer ones. Um, no one's really mixing it on those levels. Um, you know, Pabs is probably my favourite Asian rapper in the UK from the Foreign Biggers. Um, he's not the most commercial artist. Um, obviously, we've got Riz, um, but Riz isn't necessarily the most commercial artist. Um, guys like Pac-Man and these kind of guys, but they're not, They're not. you know, we're talking about Skepta and Giggs and, and and Jay Huss, like I mentioned all these people earlier. Um, really, there isn't anyone on that level. And it's because for me, Asian rappers have always found themselves being happy to be stars within their own scene you know um it's one of those things where it's you know you're happy to to be um you know the big dog in a small pond um, the big fish in a small pond the big dog in a small pond (laughs) so imagine this little like puppy just kind of like paddling away in this one little puddle and kind of like yeah i'm the fucking man you know what i mean but yeah, it's that whole wanting to be a, a star and within your Asian circles and not wanting to think outside of that box. You know, I've I've always been a kind of rapper that always wanted to test myself with, you know, what's happening in the UK urban scene, Um, you know, what's happening in, in any, you know, scene throughout the world. You know, that's what being a rapper is. It's testing yourself against the best, you know. And, you know, I've managed to mix it up with a few guys from the UK hip hop scene and you know, I feel like why are Asian rappers not doing enough of that, you know, and, and trying to work with people outside of our circles and try to become more than they actually are outside of our circles. It's, you know, they said that Chris Rock said that one time, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, with, with black people, um, you know, the limit's the sky, but for everyone else, the sky's the limit. And uh, I can almost feel the same thing with, with ours, you know, um, you know, where is that next generation? of of asian mc where is you know the the guys that are making the music now for me when i'm looking out there is the same guys that were in the scene 10 years ago that are still making the music um and i kind of feel that you know they it, it, it's sometimes it's time to pass the torch on but even then i'm not seeing the next generation of asian rapper you know where are the the young asian Jay husses and the young asian daves the young asian AJ Tracy's maybe I'm not maybe because I'm not involved in that scene enough like you know as like I was back in the day I don't get a chance to see that you know on the, on the same levels um but for me it's you know like radio is not the be all and end all and there's, there's so many alternative ways to get your music out there um you know and I just kind of feel that people forget that the Asian scene is just an it's just an amoeba within the UK you know it's the, it's a small very small you know, teardropped in a, in a massive ocean and and within that one amoeba, you get artists that don't support other artists. There's politics within different factions, whether it's media and artists, or whether it's artists and media, artists amongst themselves, you know, trying to, for me, trying to get support sometimes from some of my fellow peers, uh, it's easier to extract blood from a stone than, than get support from certain people. Um,
1: Don't name names.
0: I'm not going to name any names, absolutely. No, because, you know, it's a, it, this is even a generalisation. I'm not saying, that, you know, there's, there's people that support me, artists that will support me. A lot of artists won't support me. Some radio stations won't support me. You know, I'm not going to... I'm too old to sit there and start, you know, like chasing people up asking why aren't you playing my track on radio why is why have you not supported this track when it's good enough for radio one it's good enough for bbc six music but it's not good enough for you know your show on bbc asian network or something i'm too old for that i've been there and done that i've been in this game for a long long time you know and for me it's you know there there's so many platforms for myself to get my music heard radio is not the be all and end all i support everyone that supports me that's the most important thing when it comes to my music. If you're going to support me, whether you're the biggest radio station in the world or your small bedroom pirate radio, like Jyoti (laughs) wants from our show eventually, if you're going to support my music, if you're going to push my music out there, I will support you wholeheartedly 100% because there is no difference between the biggest guys and the smallest guys, you know. Um, And because there's no support, that's the reason the scene doesn't progress, you know. That's the reason we don't see guys on the levels because every time you see a track by uh, Avalino put out, then the whole scene will get behind it. If you see a track by Wretch32 put out, the whole scene will get behind it. You see a track by Gigs, everyone gets behind it, you know, and it's a collective force pushing these these tracks and these albums and these singles out into the charts, and so immediately the the rest of the UK. Um, and the supporters jump on that and that's the reason why these guys progress
1: I think that's the that's where what we get wrong as an Asian community we don't really work as an Asian community yeah so for instance with the black community you've got um, the Caribbean community of their own and then you've got the various African communities as well but when it comes to supporting a black artist they all get together and they do that and it's a kind of collective movement yeah whereas actually Asians are like, nah, he's not Indian or he's not Pakistani or she's not Bangladeshi. And it becomes that kind of fractured kind of environment where we don't really support or show any support. So unless we work as a complete group and a collective, I don't think we're ever really going to get anywhere. Yeah. There's too much infighting. And I think that's that's a real shame my background is that as I've said many times that I'm from Newcastle and in Newcastle there's not there's not enough of us to have our separate separate communities we are yeah. just the Asian community and that's how we work this the, the reason that I love what Spice FM stands for is that it works for the Asian community and actually beyond that now as well um but it's it's the further south you get the less that happens is what I find yeah I think the Obviously, the community, the individual communities, are bigger. So in London, yes, you will have the Punjabis in Southall, and they won't, they won't really talk to maybe the Pakistanis in Slough, or the Bangladeshi's in East London, because every there's enough of your own to not have to mix with anybody else. Yeah. But actually, when it comes to the arts and pushing um, our presence in the arts, whether that's in media or music or you know TV, film, whatever. We there's no collective voice to kind of say, actually, we're not being represented. This is wrong. We're all going to work together and we're really going to push and support whoever does get in front of the camera. I think there's like, or, you know, on a microphone or whatever. I think there's a one exception to that. And that, or two, maybe two, Riz Ahmed mm. and Dev Patel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think
1: they're two. And that's not on the music side for Riz. That's on like the... The, the screen being on screen whether that's on TV or in, um, on film and I think the same for Dev Patel
0: well we'll be actually discussing film and TV after this short break Welcome back to the final part of this week's Native Immigrants podcast and we're going to be looking at the final leg of this conundrum and that is film and television. Are Asians being represented properly on TV and film in the UK? Now, I know, yeah, we have EastEnders and we have Corey and we have Emmerdale and it is all these, the token Asian characters and all these things. And, you know, I, I don't know whether it's to fill the diverse, diversity quota um, or whether it's just, you know, because there's loads of Asians that watch these shows. Um, and, and plus, you know, they're all shows that are in some of the bigger cities in the UK. And so they merit having, um, you know, an Asian represented, you know, you know, within these shows. But, you know, I'm looking at British Asian shows and TV and our shows on TV. TV and films um and i don't know how you think about it it's jojo underscore b mm-hmm. but i've kind of felt that there's been a kind of like a a timeline on on british asians in the uk when it comes to media and that is pre benedict Beckham and post benedict Beckham okay and it's 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 uh, you know it's not coincidental that benedict Beckham came out the year after 911 and for me it was one of the last kind of films that um or one of the last few films that really represented what i feel british asian is all about uh-huh. and that was a great mix of uh what's uh, very fundamentally um uh, embedded in your cultural roots yep. as well as the level of integration in the uk and how much you know, the british side of you is being represented um and for me they were some amazing films before that, before Benet Beckham came out, you know, whether we're talking about um, Baji on the Beach, uh, East is East, uh, My Beautiful Laundrette, you know, some of these films which were very much embedded with being very British and very Asian um and ones that you know when we were growing up the ones that we could relate to because we saw many people like that within our families and you know like i know with your stories about you know all your families up north and stuff like that it's very <laughs> relatable with east is east and kind of like um but i've kind of felt that since benedict La and almost since nine there's been a real focus on like Everything is related to terrorism.
1: Or forced marriages.
0: <laughs> or forced marriages, you know. It just seems to be like, it seems to almost be that the the the, uh, the TV companies, the TV stations are finding that the easy option for um, uh, Asians to be represented on TV because it makes it the most uh, viewable for an outside Asian audience to uh, to want to watch.
1: I guess because it's like, that's the stereotype that we live under in the newspapers as well. So that's what they want to see from us. And we're not, we're not much more beyond that for them.
0: It's a sad state of affairs because, because of what's happened, you know, obviously we were talking earlier about the communities and all being together. It's almost like since nine um, we've wanted to segregate ourselves a lot more uh, from each other's communities because it's almost like that whole you know, Oh, they're terrorists. That's not what we're about. That's not our community. We don't do that kind of thing. Or there was like the kind of that, um, the three girls, you know, that, that came out where, you know, it was great to see because it opened up so many people, uh, to see what was actually going on in Rochdale with the grooming, et cetera. Yeah. But it was also, you know, I saw a lot of Asians that were like, Oh yeah, but that's not us. We don't do that kind of thing. That's not, that's not the kind of Asian I am. You know, I understand that. Um, but where's the diversity on TV to show both sides,
1: the positive side of us as well?
0: Yeah, you know, we've got to, we've got to also take we've got to take a responsibility for us as a collective people um, on on all these things. And I kind of feel like since you know since that time period, we've decided as a, a you know within our own separate separate segregated communities that you know we don't want any part of. You know being labeled a terrorist or being told that I'm you know a fundamentalist or, or radical and so all of a sudden now I'm Indian and now this person is Pakistani or this person's Afghani or this person's Bangladeshi or this person's Sri Lankan and it's because of that it's I think for me it's hindered British Asians being reflected fairly in mainstream culture
1: and also i think it's again it comes back down to the fact that we're not represented in the boardrooms we're not there where are the commissioning editors who are who are asian Hmm. how many of those if there is any i don't know anymore i don't work at tv anymore but how many is there that would push back on these stereotypical things um you know we we see that you know writers on twitter um say oh you know well i you know i put forward a um an idea for a commissioning process and i got told well we already do want an asian drama or an asian comedy this year Mm. you know one is enough basically (laughs) you know one show that has an asian face or two is enough that's enough of a quota for the year so you know where are the opportunities for us to show the other side, if the demand is there and the appetite is there to see the stereotype and go, ha you know, look, they are all like that. Um, then why would they... And they're getting the numbers as well. They're getting the viewing figures. Then why would they want to commi- commission anything else? Yeah. And I think it's just really disappointing. Like we watched that next of kin.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I watched two
1: episodes of it and I was like, I'm not watching this. I've seen this kind of thing a million times before. I cannot see another... Oh, they're terrorists secretly kind of drama. I'm done with it. I don't want to have anything more to do with it, but I'm pretty sure it got good viewing figures. So. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I'm, I think is I'm always out to support um, British Asian shows on television. Anything that that was going to reflect that, you know, I want to I want to be there to to support it, and because we need to we need to be as this is the whole point I'm making. We need to support as a collective community. All Asians need to support what's happening on television.
1: How many uh, roles like this can Archie Punjabi do?
0: This is just roll
1: her out every time something like this comes around.
0: Yeah, because she did like, you know, she did uh, Yasmin a Yasmin, few years ago, yeah. which was again linked to terrorism. And then since then, we've had like, since Benedict LaBeck and we've had Brits. Uh, we've had four lions. I love four lions, but again, linked to terrorism. Reluctant fundamentalist, again, linked to terrorism. Um, we're talking about next of kin that's just out there. You know, it's either something that's, you know, linked to that or it's something that's like, you know, overly Bollywoodized uh, you know, production, like kind of that Bride yeah. and Prejudice, or there's like overly exotic or nostalgia, like in Indian summers. You know, it's like, it's going to be a period Days piece. of the Raj,
1: you know, the good yeah. old days of colonialism.
0: Exactly. When we used to whip <laughs> them boys into shape uh, is what these kind of shows were. You know, and you know what it is? It, you know, I was reading an interesting article about, you know, British Asian representation and stuff in the UK. And it's like, I think find, now shows are becoming less about the people less about the characters less less about the individuals and more about an issue a theme a theme an issue some kind of problem some kind of issue some kind of bigger thing which becomes the crux of the show and the characters are just a sum of that part yeah some of all those parts you know um you know
1: it's th- just a really really boring theme now it's a boring issue i know it's still a prevalent issue but actually is it <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is you know,
1: like, is it just kept alive by these really irritatingly common dramas that keep coming up about you know your son runs off to join ISIS? Yeah, like it's just come on, there must be something else to say. There there must be some positive stories to say.
0: There are, there are, like I said, this is not all doom and gloom. There are like a few exceptions to the rule. Like we, we both really enjoyed Lion. Uh, I thought Lion was a great film. It was film. a beautiful film, yeah. Um, and the, the one thing I loved about Lion, um, you know, is the fact that he didn't need to be Indian. You just, you just loved the story. He could have been a Venezuelan boy who'd got lost from his family and found his way back home. Yeah, the fact absolutely. that he was Indian became a, a side issue for me. It was more about the story and development of the character, uh, and how you know his entire journey was was what you know, really won me over with that film.
1: It was a great film. And I think he was brilliant in that film.
0: Yeah. Um, His
1: uh, best supporting actor... Uh, nomination really irritated me when he yeah. was the lead actor but you know that's another issue yeah
0: um, exactly we'll
1: deal with the oscars another time
0: <laughs> exactly but the thing is yeah you know there's that it's you know slumdog fair enough it, it's had its critics and stuff and you know well, but that again, was a
1: little bit of like bollywood absolutely as well
0: no I, I agree it was it was slightly bollywoodized but again it was a story that again didn't need to be indian it could have been anything um, you know, it could have been anywhere yeah. in the country, and and you know, it, it was just the fact that it's the story is the is the main you know is the main thing that ran that film into becoming the best Oscar winner and or won all those numerous awards. Um, the fact that it was Indian almost became a side issue for me. Uh, it wasn't the whole be all and end all. The fact that he that it's it's set around being Indian or being exotically Indian. And stuff, which I think are-
1: Dev Patel's quite good at that, though, because in Skins as well, when I very first saw him, he just plays a teenager. He's in a group of friends, yeah. kind of friends that I had, actually, as, when I was growing up. And they're just a really mixed group of friends and they just go off and do stupid teenage things. And it was really refreshing because I think I was in my first year of uni or something when that first came on. And... So I wasn't that far off their age. And it was really nice to see like my teenage years reflected like that. Yeah. Because that's, and I'm sure that's the teenage years that many people who are listening to us have had where you just kind of go off and you have a group of friends and you're just you and you're not defined by your Asianness. You're just a person who happens to be Asian. And I think that's really nice. Like I think he's done that quite well.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And like I said, he's like, he's grown from there and you've seen the growth of him um, as a, as a, as an actor um all the way up until like lion now um and you know it, it's it comes down to that whole british asian like these films like some of the films i mentioned have been you know ones that have been set in india or representing india or being within india but you know coming back to the point of british asian films and british asians on tv um that's what i'm really not seeing enough of And i think that's what the, the you know there's you know we saw Ackley bridge recently was one of the Better shows, I guess. To I really represent. enjoyed
1: Ackley Bridge. It was just really fun.
0: Yeah. Again, be just being British and being Asian and uh, not having to deal with like any side issues and massive subplots and the fact that you're, you know, your cousin is a terrorist and you have to run off to Pakistan and or run off to Afghanistan or run off to India to do any of these kind of things. It
1: dealt quite nicely with the mixing of the two communities, the Asian community and the white community. And I thought, but it was done in a really sweet way because. The girl, the two best friends in that one's white and one's Asian. Yeah, and that that's how it was when I was growing up. My best friends were all white. Mm-hmm. You know, like for most of my teenage years, I made more Asian friends later on when I got into sixth form. But um, but like in my growing up, I was the Asian girl in my group, but it, it was never a thing. Yeah, and I think it was really nice to see that reflected in that program. No, as well.
0: definitely, I think that's one. Of the, it's one of the better shows. Um, you know, and all I want to see. It's just I just want to see normal Asians on TV being normal.
1: And <laughs> it's the dream. That's we don't ask for much, really, do yeah, we? Yeah,
0: you know, we've like it finds it feels like we've regressed. Um, you know, on Massively. on television, and you know, we've like we're talking about football earlier and the fact that you know, twenty five years on, and you know, nothing's actually changed. You know, we went through a spate where things were actually progressing really well for Asians on television, and it feels and it feels like we've gone backwards since then. Um, uh, And to make things, to to change things, I think we need to look at the states.
1: The Americans are smashing it. Like only, I say what, like five, six years ago, maybe? They were like, the Asians were Raj from the Big Bang Theory. So they had the, you know, the accent. And, you know, it was all very typically Indian. But actually, since then, things have really moved on. And it's just a bunch of people who've grown up in America who happen to be Asian and they're making great TV. So you've got someone like Mindy Kaling, who was the, a writer on The Office and she had like a bit part in The Office. She's a great writer, great comedy writer. Went on to create her own her own show, The Mindy Project. And that did amazingly well. And it's got a really good following. Um And the same, like, who else have we got? We've got
0: Master of None, Aziz Ansari.
1: Aziz Ansari, how could I forget that? I know he's been a bit controversial recently, but like, you cannot knock that show. That show is brilliantly written.
0: Well, the one thing, again, what I was talking about earlier, about just want to see Asians being normal on TV, doing normal things. Aziz Ansari does not need to be an Asian character. But the fact of the matter is, he's, he's a lead character living the same life as every one of us, uh, lives day to day. The fact that he's Asian um, is, and you see it reflected in some of those episodes where the cultural roots come back, and it becomes a side plot.
1: The same with Mindy Kaling, though, in the Kaling, in the, um, in the Kaling project, <laughs> in the Mindy project, it's like it's it's the same thing. She's just a doctor. She's a gynecologist, and she, like that—that's what the crux of the program is. And it's just her in her office with her colleagues having a laugh. Like that's. That's what that show is. And then sometimes she will refer to her Asian-ness, but not really. And th- that's the same with Aziz Ansari. Uh, but the the, two, the main po- point with those two shows is those writers had to create their own shows to be able to get a role.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They,
1: they had to forge their way through because there was no role to them otherwise. They weren't going to get on TV. No mm. one else is going to write it for them if they didn't write it themselves, which I think is a really, really interesting conundrum? Because I don't think the writers here are getting the opportunities to progress.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure there's there's a lot of great Asian writers out there. We saw, you know, some amazing essays in Good Immigrant recently. And I think there's more people, you know, behind the scenes in the media world um, that are trying to make a name for themselves but keep getting the doors shut on them um because they're coming up with ideas potentially that tv companies and the guys that put the finances behind the table are are not really um you know finding a a place for that on television um and i think that's the sad that's the sad reflection of where we are right now
1: do you know what is lovely though the um, on BBC three, there's a little bit more opportunity because it's not on TV anymore because it's online based and Guz Khan.
0: Yeah. Man like Mo Bean.
1: Yeah. I love, love that show.
0: Yeah. Really, really done really, really well. Um, and, you know, we're talking about like, you know, Asian sitcoms and things since like goodness gracious me and we've seen Citizen Khan and stuff recently. But again, that's been hitting a lot of stereotypes in its show. But, you know, with Guz Khan, it's very, very British, very, very being Asian. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 managed to merge those two cultures really well into those shows. That and I... he
1: is just an Asian being normal. Yeah, he's just living his life.
0: Absolutely. I yeah.
1: mean, he gets into some crazy scrapes, but that's just the the comedy part of that show. But he's just he's just being himself. Yeah. And I think that's really refreshing. And I'd love to see more of that. But like I said, until we get more Asian representation working for broadcasters in the positions where they can get things commissioned or push back on things that are being commissioned, that are very stereotypical, I think it's going to take a long, long time for there to be more of that happening. Um, going back to America, Netflix US has got um, their vice president of content, I think is her, her title. She's Asian. Oh, okay. And now Netflix have just commissioned a weekly show, weekly talk show with Hasan Minaj so not only is this their first weekly show but they put an asian in the front of it and i don't think that would have happened unless she was there her name is uh bella bella something
0: bella something (laughs) bella
1: something bella Bella bajaria i think it was
0: okay yeah well there you go like you know what it's I think here in the UK, we need to look at what's happening close to the States because they seem to be getting it right when it comes to the way Asians in the US are being represented on television. And these are all extremely popular shows. Um, and we don't have that here. Um, and I think that's one of the prime reasons why we're heading backwards. And I think there are little signs of hope, like, like Man Like Mo Bean um, and shows mm-hmm. like that, basically yep. creeping back onto the TV. Um, and... The be all and end all is. I just want to see Asians being normal, doing normal things, living a normal life on normal TV. Yeah,
1: and, like we all do in our normal lives.
0: Yeah, is that too much to ask for? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's coming to the end of this show. This you what know, this has been wow. a this I've, you know last week's show was like banter and jokes and like me dissing you every five minutes. This one has been very very serious and very in depth. Um, but
1: these know. are the kind of conversations that we have.
0: No, absolutely. Um, and I think there's a lot of topics that needed needed addressing. And um, we've rambled on excessively. We
1: have. But we'd love to hear your feedback on these things as well. What are your opinions around any of this? Maybe we're wrong.
0: Maybe we're completely wrong. Like I said, this is this is two old, um, close to geriatrics kind of sitting down. Speak for
1: yourself, Pat.
0: Talking about... Uh, these kind of general issues um, and we'd love to hear what you think we'd love to hear whether you agree or disagree um, and you know please let us know follow us on uh, Immigrants on all our social media platforms um, before we end uh, a couple of little things uh, shall we touch on Kim Kardashian Vogue
1: well I mean there's not much to say she wore a sari and I don't think there's a problem with that I know a lot of people do have a problem with that because it's a cultural appropriation but if mm. you listen to last week's show I hate that term and I think it's A load of rubbish. Um, I don't think it's a problem. She went over to, there was obviously an appetite for her to be in Vogue in India. And they put her on the front cover and they put her in some beautiful clothes by Sabi Asachi. And he's had a lot of backlash. Mm. Unfairly, I think. And I think we didn't, because I follow him and I'm obsessed with him and you might hear me talk about him more often because I love his clothes. But I looked on his Instagram feed and it seemed like the people who had the most problem with it were people who were based in the West, Asians in the West. Mm. The Indians in India didn't really care less. They were Mm. like, let her wear whatever she wants to wear and let her be on the front cover of Vogue in the same way that, you know, it's okay for Priyanka Chopra to be on the front cover of Vogue in the US.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Contradictions are plenty when it comes to Indians all over the world. Um, I think we'll have to wrap this one up then, Joe. We've actually taken way more time than we should have.
1: It's alright, um, we had stuff to say this time
0: Yeah, we've got a lot of <laughs> stuff off our chests um, So in the meantime uh, Follow us, like I said, on all our social media platforms uh, This is Swami Barakas This is Jojo B Jojo underscore B And we're signing off on this week's episode of the Native Immigrants Podcast
1: Bye